Okay, everybody, we're still here. It's still Tuesday, and we're still stuck in this room. Yeah, but they put water in the room. Yeah, so we have something to drink. That's good. The bad part is I didn't realize until, like, third interview that they had water in the room. I just thought they were decorative cups. Yeah. No, they contain water. But I'm we have somebody way cooler than water. <laughs> well, oh, my. What an introduction that yeah. is. <laughs> I have somebody way cooler than water. Really well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome water. to the stage. <laughs> The yeah, inventor of water. Yeah, while you're doing that intro, I'm going to get more water. <laughs> Shannon Schuyler. So Shannon is the chief purpose officer, and she doesn't use this, but she is the president of the PwC Charitable Foundation, Inc. I love that. That's so formal. Isn't that so cool? Very cool. So Shannon, what do you what do you do over there? Oh, you know, <laughs> just like this. I sit in a room by myself and try to find out where the water is. Um, you know, we have a pretty amazing organization, and so in the U.S., PwC is about 50,000 people, about 250,000 people worldwide. And I look after our purpose, and our purpose statement is to build trust in society and solve important problems, and I'm trying to activate it. And so it's making sure that we can look at building humanity into our products and services, so have our people really understand why they do the things that they can do, so they can innovate more and create solutions to problems that we might not have ever done before. And then also look at what are those issues from a societal standpoint that are real big problems. And we focused on education and diversity to say, how are we going to solve for those? And so it's really about all the things that we do, really trying to narrow the scope of it to say, what could we be best at? And also, how can we inspire our people not just to come to work every day for their 8, 12, 15 hours and check the box and, and do transactions, but allow them to think creatively, innovatively. Think about what drives them to be uniquely themselves and, and have a purpose so they can create different ways to solve problems both for society as well as for business. What's an example of something you're tackling right now and or something you're super passionate about? God, so many different things. I mean, one of the things that we were talking about today is our uh, our CEO and looking at this whole issue around diversity and inclusion and thinking about our purpose kind of had an epiphany moment of we have to fix this. And we, meaning at the time, CEOs. Like CEOs have to own diversity and inclusion in the workplace. This is not a human capital issue. This is not a diversity leaders issue. This is a CEO issue. It touches and so, a bunch of different touches. All different yeah. things. I mean, it, it shapes who we are in the organization. And I think for a long time, we, like other organizations, you'd have issues that would happen out there. You, you had um, shootings, and you had Me Too movements, and, and you had bathroom bills. And companies, we didn't want to talk about it because we didn't know what to say, right? And you're kind of frozen because you're like, well, what if I say the wrong thing? And then we went months and months and didn't talk about it. And then the next one would happen. And then we would stew over it for months and months and months and, and then not. And, and so he said, we have to fix this and not be afraid to do it and not be afraid to talk about it. And so he reached out to our direct competitors, which is always a scary thing to do because we're <laughs> saying this isn't a competitive issue. It's a societal issue that only together we can solve for and we launched last year, 150 CEOs signed that they would follow three things along a pledge. The first, that they would focus on um, doing some type of unconscious bias training in the workplace. And so really being able to say, you guys, I know we think we all get it right, but we don't. And I'm not saying that you're racist or something, but we have our biases, and so we need to understand them and own them so we can make different choices. Uh, the second was to be able to have difficult conversations. And so one of the things that we've been focused with in other, other companies is saying, all right, for certain hours during days, let's just sit down and let's talk about sexual harassment. Like, let's sit down and talk about why black people are being shot and arrested. 
and have really uncomfortable conversations, but conversations that will allow us to say we're coming from an authentic place, even if we get it wrong sometimes. We're trying to get it right. And the third part was to share best practices. So to realize that all of us have spent a lot of money on the various different things that we've done, but unless we share them and say this worked and this didn't work and, and how can I put these things together as far as a journey, we're never gonna get there. And so an example is over 40 companies, including PwC, have released their unconscious bias training for free. Millions of dollars of training to say, nobody should not be able to be a part of this or to be able to figure out a diversity program because right. the company can't pay for it. Like that makes absolutely no sense. And, and when we started with 150 CEOs that signed, um, we were thrilled now, not quite a year, June 12th is our anniversary. We have 450 CEOs that have signed. We are looking to get all Fortune 1000 companies. We now have presidents of universities because they're saying we need to look at how we teach and we need to look at what schools look like and the future of work. And we even have, this is the cool part, two very large tour buses that are actual big tour buses that have lounges in them, have rooftop deck on them, and have various different ways that we're showing blind spots training. So people can have something around virtual um, reality and look at what's going on, touch screens, take different quizzes, and actually just walk through and experience it. And we've pulled these huge, massive buses up both on campuses for companies to be able to have their people go through it, as well as colleges and universities. Why are we not doing this interview? I know. There is, and you know because what? Because it's a non-visual medium. Oh. Only we would be enjoying we'd that. Be able to see it. I would tweet it for heaven's sake. <laughs> I would tweet it. What's Twitter? <laughs> he's, so he's learning. So uh, you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, doing some pretty cool. Like, stuff. I mean, it, it all comes back to if you are in doing a better job of including people, if you're doing a better job of you know, listening, if you're doing a better job of bringing people to the table, then that will create a better experience, right? And so it, you're solving societal problems in mind going, well, these will also impact how, as a business, we create better experiences for the customer. Because if we don't include people and we don't understand them, how are we expected to create an experience? Absolutely. And so as we were talking today, it's about this whole notion about creating a culture of diversity it really leads to this notion of belonging. And that allows then innovation to happen and, and to be able to look at problems in different ways. And so from the business side, for example, our healthcare practice has really in, invested in how can we create a way in which we, as a professional services firm, could identify diabetes outbreaks in different cities. And so now we're going to cities and not selling, but testing out, would this work? Could we do this? And so again, looking at ourselves originally as we consult around healthcare to allowing our people to say, you know what, we can actually do more than consult. We have a lot of doctors and a lot of nurses as part of our healthcare practice, a lot of other professionals. They can actually take their knowledge and create things that are outside of what we've ever thought about as a company to do. And, and that's because they're purpose-driven now, not just transactional-driven. And that's a, a really special place to be. And we're seeing a lot of momentum around that and hoping that other companies really bite and say, we want to be a part of that type of movement. Yeah, that collaboration free-flowing idea set that allows you, hopefully, and if you have enough confidence as a company, that you can go out there and do something with that, right? So you take that diabetes example, there's a device firm in Cincinnati that's building something that just attaches to you with a little sticky pad. Mm -hmm. It goes in, you never see the needle. It pops out, you never see the needle because the needle retracts. But they, they're wanting to use that for dialysis. So now the dialysis patient doesn't have to sit 
they can go out and walk around and do their stuff. So you, you start tackling this issue that, you know, other organization that you never have a touch point with then, you know, tackles another part of it. And that's where collaboration is effective. No, now, absolutely. It didn't, it didn't hurt your bottom line, helped theirs, helped, helped yours, and everybody seems to win. And I can get where certain industries that might be different, but if you're not in like industries, collaboration is wonderful. Well, I mean, when you look at even the reason why Tim, our CEO, reached out originally to our direct competitors was to say, this is all of our issue. Like, none of us are different in this. We all pretty much are in the same space. We all recruit at the same colleges and universities. We all have the same issues as far as how much our people travel, how it's promoted. We're, we're talking about very like organizations from how they're structured. If we can figure this out together, that collaboration is incredibly meaningful. Why would one person go it alone and say, I'm going to figure out the diversity equation, but then when somebody leaves and goes to the next place, they're going to have to start from square one with mm -hmm. not being heard, with, with being diverse in that organization. And you're going to incur a greater expense doing that. So if you theoretically pool resources, all kind of collaborate on that, it drives costs down on for everyone. No, absolutely. I mean, you have different companies that are even working specifically with the HSBCUs to say, yeah. how can we work and, and find out in the tech industry? How can we take schools that had a lot more liberal arts and really infuse technology curriculum so others can be able to hire from them and find other pools for their talent that they might not have gone to the colleges and universities that they've typically gone to? So really thinking this through from who's there, yes, but who's also coming in and how do we also show courage to this. One of the big things is the CEOs get together in closed door sessions that are CEOs only. You can't say, I will send somebody else in my place. If you're not a CEO, you can't come in the door. And some of the things they talk about is moments of courage, like moments that it was really hard, right? And how can you share with your peer at another company about how you got through that? Now you leverage your board and sometimes how it didn't go right and how you would do it differently and getting ideas from people about what that would look like. That's a safe space that in this area, it's hard to create. That's brilliant. Yeah. Shannon, I loved what you said. You said purpose-driven, not just transactional-driven. But at the end of the day, is it is it driving the business? I think it is. I mean, I think it's, it's taking what we do and pivoting it so it's able to do even more. It's saying we're going to stay true to our core services and things we do, but this allows us to now open ourselves up for a myriad of other things to be able to pursue that are aligned with the purpose of our people and what they want to do and allowing them to be transformational, allowing them to say it's okay to break the rules. It's okay to be the game changer. That's where we want to go. And that's what opens the door for it because part of purpose is also we let our people now reflect on what their purpose is. And I think for a long time when we kicked this off, early on, I think when we talked to our leaders about, you know, when we talk about purpose, we're actually gonna have to talk about the purpose of our people. And there was a lot of nervousness of, oh my gosh, all these people are gonna say, yeah, I wanted to join a nonprofit and they're gonna leave. And we were like, no, actually not. They like getting paid and they like what they do, right. but they just wanna understand more what that is and what that looks like. So even, uh, in our organization, you have millennials that still leave in general across organizations about 18 months in, which is why they have so many jobs by the time they're 35. And at two years in, just about, we have all of our senior associates go to an event called Discover. And part of that is to discover why they're here. Like, what are you doing? And we think the earlier we can have people think about what their purpose is, because most people can go through their entire life without saying, this is why I do what I do. This is why I make the decisions I make. If we can help that 
you know, do that when they're 25 years old, my gosh, just think of the doors that you open for that person, whether they're at PwC or go someplace else. I mean, that's a gift to be able to give somebody. And you think about the challenges we have to solve for, we need people earlier on to identify what they can solve. Yeah, because purpose is creating experience inside an organization. So it's both an identity, it's a recruitment tool, it's, you know, recruitment and retention, but it's also, you know, you could go out and create in, in certain specific communities, you know, a diversity inclusion accelerator. That might not be directly related to what you're doing, but it will find a way to be related to the bottom line. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the purpose, right? Absolutely. These things have to tie together. There has to be a recoupling of business and society. Right. These things are not these two silos, and we've gotten to a point that they are. And I think we have to say, how do they come back together? And purpose can infuse them back together to say we're solving for, yes, we want a good economy and we want a healthy economy, but in order for that to happen, we have to have a healthy society. So how do we start looking at these things in tandem versus saying, all right, society will figure itself out over here with what government and nonprofits do and business will work on you know, what's gonna happen as far as our economies. Well, that hasn't clearly worked. And so we have to figure out how to bring them together. And I think purpose is one of those things that can do that. Yeah, there's a lot of technological factors that come into play too, right? So if you go back 20 years where most of the content advertising was dictated toward you rather, um, now people can go seek that out. There's a lot of, you know, there's a myriad of channels, right? So if you're seeking out the content, um, rather than having it dictated to you, then you're looking for what is the value of an organization? What are they doing? What are they doing out there? You know, and then that gets into the whole millennial shared values perspective. But it's really kind of a function of, you know, almost PR and how all of these things, you know, we get to it a different way. And that's, I think, interesting. So I'm going to say that word that Jeff likes to call me on, and that's experience. <laughs> It's only the first time you said it, so I've been doing a running tally. I've actually said it three times already. So kind of like Shannon's is impact. I don't think I've said that. She enough. hasn't said it once yeah. because I we talked about it. I know. Now it's going to go. I haven't said it at all. said it pretty good once now. So yeah. there's a lot of tally marks I got to keep up with. You guys just you just <laughs> you go ahead. You go ahead. You tally. Yeah. So what you're doing, Shannon? When you think of, I mean, you've got a couple employees, a couple more than a couple actually. You know, I'm not great at couple hundred thousand a lot. Yeah. You're building personal experiences. You're helping build purpose for each individual employee. Have you seen less turnover because of these new initiatives? We've seen people have a sense, much more so, of belonging. This feeling like I can actually stay here, that I'm getting something out of it, that it's not just I'm getting a paycheck, but I'm getting an experience that is making me feel whole. And that's an incredible way for a company to be able to give an experience and that feeling to because it doesn't come very often and I think what we've seen is over the past several years it's CEOs in general that have said societal issues now are driving what they're doing in their businesses so whether it's you know issues around accelerated urbanization where everyone's moving to the cities and infrastructure is lost and government can't pay for it and you now have companies that are having to solve issues around food deserts because nobody else can do that and find ways to put their grocery store where there's a food desert and lower the price and yet people who work there stay longer and are happier and the community suddenly comes together and it's very profitable but they're solving a problem and I think companies are realizing as, as CEOs are seeing there's a real way that we can continue to be sustainable and even more so from a success factor and revenue factor but by doing so we can solve for issues that we haven't 
been focused on because we haven't really seen the implications of them. And that's exciting. And I think we want to make sure that that's fostered. And I think that comes through people saying, I have to look at this broader than where's my next dollar coming from. But how can my next dollar come from simultaneously solving something that will ultimately be impacting our employees anyway? That's fantastic. Tell me, Shannon, um, we've talked about the words experience maker. If I throw those at you, what, what, is, what does it mean to a PwC exec to be an experience maker? For us, it's really about how do you create that sense of culture and that sense of ownership that your skills can be the game changer. That you can be a part of a team and a part of an organization that is open to changing how they impact the world around them in different ways. And for us and for all organizations that, I mean, we've been around for 100 plus years. It's hard to turn something like that and, and to allow people to have an experience and be an experience maker when for so long the experiences were probably the same. And what we're saying is we want to give you all the tools we can for you to change that experience. I mean, I've been at PwC for 24 years. And I will tell you over the last two years, the change has been palatable. And, and that feeling of I am making a difference. I have now been given experiences that are a catalyst for change in our organization and in the business community. I mean, that's inspiring to say, I'm doing that after as long as I've been there and I hear all the time, and it's funny, at the Social Innovation Summit that we're at, I had a, a new hire who just started at PwC um, about six months ago come up and say, it's actually real. But that means something, right? Because you talk about it in recruiting and you talk about it and you want to make sure people come in and actually see it. And they're like, this is real. And that's, God, that, that means something. That's awesome. Shannon, I, I'm not very often without words. It's one of my <laughs> skills is that I'm good at talking. Um, You're still talking. Fair point. Fair yeah. point. I mean, like, you still have words. You're still <laughs> making them. But yeah, I they mean, might have just you know trailed off a bit. No, you and I are both the same way. If we've paused for more than a second or aren't trying to get a joke in, then clearly that is a loss of words. Fair point. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that other companies can do today to make a difference wherever they're at, to kind of lift where they stand, if you will? You know, I, I think it's to take a moment, if they haven't already, to step back and say, you know, what is their north star? What is their why? Right, we're all in business to make money, we're all in business to give people different experiences, but, but why is your organization there? What makes it inherently different than somebody else? What are you really trying to do and, and how are you living that out? And we talk about it as we're purpose-led and values-driven. We care about what our purpose is and we refer to that all the time and then our values are what underpins the behaviors that we have. We need to take time in this crazy world that we're in for companies to step back and to reflect on that. And I think that will do a world of good for their employees and for the future workforce, as well as enable them to take the incredible tools and the investments that they have to share them, not just from a shareholder perspective, but to be able to change the world. And I really believe that. Everybody, we're here with Shannon Schuyler, who is really cool. 
and the chief purpose officer, as well as, I'm going to say it again. Say it again. It's cool. The president of PwC Charitable Foundation, Inc. Um, talking a little bit about how PwC is using, you know, their hundreds of thousands of employees and team members to be able to change the world. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much.